Thanks for shutting me up, but um, you know tomorrow is World Water Day, and we will be talking in conjunction to this as to uh, we would be focusing on sanitation. We'll also be talking a bit about COP28 as well. Um, it's time that we welcome both our professors to the studio. Welcome, Doctor uh, Hasim, and welcome, uh, Doctor and Professor Jaya as well. Good morning, and welcome to Talk 100.3. So we would uh, discuss a lot about uh, you know sustainable water management as well, and we would lo- like to know from Dr. Hazim is sustainable water management gaining momentum in the lead up to COP28, and uh, globally there are uh, you know significant changes that are happening. If you could tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, uh, I think it's a good morning to uh, all of you. Uh, just to make sure that we understand what is the relation of water to the sustainability and how sustainable water is actually one of the main things which we're looking at. At the moment, we have two types of uh, two types of water. One is the conventional water, which is the water which we have from surface water, rainwater, and the uh, groundwater as well. And we have the non-conventional water, which is the water is coming from wastewater treatment where we reuse this water mm-hmm. or water coming from agriculture drainage where we need to you know just to treat it and use it and desalination as well desalinated water this is non-conventional water so the world started to look at these wa- sources of water the uh, at the momentum at the moment which in the sustainable uh, uh, water management actually is gaining uh, is, is actually taking action fast and we are all the the global community is looking at this because of the climate change and the impact of climate change in the water resources which we have at the moment. In fact, talking right. about that, uh, on the way did you catch some rain right now because it was drizzling, <laughs> I heard. It was actually, <laughs> and I was looking at the screen, you know, it was really, I was thinking, oh, are we going to have some rain again in, in here? And this is the kind of change which we have in the climate. I mean, this right. is... I've been here for a few years now, and I can see that there is some changes in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to, uh, you know, to think about water in sustainable, in a sustainable way. So the in in the uh, sustainability and sustainable development goals, we got one goal, which is in the uh, United Nations development sustainable development goals, which is talking about. Uh, water and sanitation mm-hmm. for all okay. so but as long as the weather is pleasant sh- should we complain about climate change if the uh, weather is great we're enjoying it's pleasant it's all great yes. the moment it becomes unbearable is where we start questioning right that's absolutely absolutely <laughs> one way to think about it but i mean <laughs> if we don't have water you know you cannot really enjoy the good weather right. so having a good weather without water is, is actually you cannot uh, you cannot enjoy it much so uh, we are looking at you know different types and different ways to uh, uh, increase our resources of water so in is is the sustainable uh, is the water sustainable water management is gaining momentum in the goals mm. for S- SDGs at the moment yes it is but is it enough this mm. is a question 
Right. Right now, uh, Professor Jay, I'm going to put a glance onto you and your subject. Now, given your experience as Vice President Water for People India Trust, uh, this gives us a more practical understanding about the key problems in groundwater management. Your take on this? Um, thank you. Uh, that's a, that's an important question because uh, uh, there is substantial uh, data on the looming climate crisis and there is a lot of uh, knowledge out there as to what the challenges are. Um, and um, I think what I would really like to emphasize here is that while the problems are global, the solutions have to be local. Okay. We, we have mm. to come up with a contextual understanding of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it is, it is, it, we spend a lot of time on infrastructure development such as water pipes and water points. But if we are not able to protect the water source, uh, then we are essentially not solving the problem. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how do we how do we focus on the what as well as the how? They are related, of course. Okay. Right. So uh, it is important to move a little bit away from the technical side of things because there is a lot of information available. There's a lot of data. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of investment in the technical side of things. But uh, it is important to take a human-centered approach to then come up with a meaningful solution on the ground. Right. So let me explain a little bit. Now, when we look at um, uh, uh, the sources of water, fresh water, it's rainfall, which gets collected on the ground in dams, in reservoirs, in rivers. Uh, and then uh, it gets collected in aquifers under the ground, mm-hmm. right? And aquifers is a uh, is a, a common source pool, right? Okay. Which essentially means about 70 to 60 to 70 to 80 percent of uh, that water of groundwater is being distributed for used for agriculture, mm. about 10 to 15 percent say for industry and about 10 percent for human consumption. Now, since that water is under the ground, mm. uh, the, the first challenge becomes uh, how do we then uh, distribute that water in equitable ways because it's also a zero-sum game, right? right. Uh, because there is a limited pool of resource. Climate change compounds this issue because uh, uh, you were talking about rainfall. Mm. Uh, if you're not able to predict the rainfall, then it becomes all the more difficult for us to manage uh, and predict uh, uh, for, for managing the water resource, right? So, uh, so the question then becomes, and there are other challenges. For example, water source management, which is... Uh, uh, to do with uh, how do we protect, for example, the hand pumps and the bore pumps and the dug wells uh, 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 from, con- uh, from you know, uh, contamination of water and from the physical damage. Uh, there is a third problem, which is water security. Mm-hmm. Now, since uh, there is, again, a lot of data which says that our aquifers uh, is drying up because of, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of use uh, for irrigation, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, um, and if we are moving away from uh, infrastructure, uh, again, the problem with infrastructure is that it is expensive. We can mm-hmm. construct the mm-hmm. infrastructure, but it is expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, also we lose water to evaporation. Mm-hmm. So, which essentially means groundwater in some ways is a natural resource, a source of water. Right. But then it is not always easy for us to identify uh, those uh, those uh, groundwater reserves, mm-hmm. um, uh, which all of which... Uh, Um, uh, makes us, uh, I think it becomes so much more imperative to understand that groundwater management, there are multiple stakeholders. At the end of the day, we have to distribute the water in equitable ways and sustainable ways. But the difficulty of climate change 
makes it impossible to predict uh, you know a whole lot of uh, issues that i just talked about right the the other the uh, third issue is uh, uh, again when it, when we talk about climate change and rainfall we have to get rainfall at the right time mm. in the right place right. you asked the question whether you know yeah, rainfall the time it's pleasant right? yeah <laughs> but but imagine if uh, uh, during harvest time rain comes you're essentially destroying livelihoods right Correct. and yeah. we have seen that in fact uh, uh, lack of water leads to drought excessive rainfall leads to cyclones all of which also has a socio demographic uh, uh, you know impact, impact yeah. which means yeah. a whole mass of people are then moving away leaving their agriculture uh, uh, and if we are moving away from infrastructure as i said uh, and to service provide uh, you know provision on the ground the other challenge is do you have enough human manpower on the ground mm. in order to be distribute those services in sustainable way so so clearly it is a it is a holistic problem it has to be understood in a contextually relevant manner we have to understand in situ and manage the problem in situ Right, we'll have to slip into a quick little break, but when we come back, we will be talking about water management at length. You stick around to talk one hundred point three. This is Talk one hundred point three. And yes, I'm talking about here. Here, University of Wollongong's professors, our side, Professor Jaya, and also Dr. Hazim, with us. We're talking about water management. Yeah, we're talking about water management, and before we could go on, um, you know, on the break, Professor Jaya gave us a complete rundown and understanding about the key problems. Uh, right now, let's uh, talk about steps to move forward to ensure uh, that you know we are moving towards a sustainable future as well, where uh, water management at the ground level is concerned. Professor Jaya. So, um, uh, just to continue on what I was saying, overall. Uh, we have to look at water management ho- holistically and in a contextually relevant uh, manner we cannot have compartmentalized solutions to water management because that is certainly not sustainable um, so when we look at uh, um, you know uh, water we said that it is a ground water particularly it is a common pool resource uh, with multiple uses and one of the primary requirements is to ensure that we are uh, distributing it equitably and sustainably Uh, but if we are moving away from uh, infrastructure to service on the ground because uh, when water becomes a utility mm. then how do you distribute uh, uh, water on the ground in equitable ways do you have sufficient manpower so the first question is uh, we you know one of the principles of groundwater management is to ensure that there are enough service providers on the ground who have got the training but more importantly are we providing them with the with the dignity of labor mm. uh, which which motivates them are we incentivizing these services uh, are we measuring these services for example uh, we could have market based approaches and and uh, what if for people for example we do provide some capital investment for people to start opening small shops where you then provide you know water and sanitation services but without investment or without uh, continued support coming from institutions uh, these kind of efforts are not sustainable mm-hmm. um, so um, uh, another issue that we need to look at or another way to move forward is when water budget is distributed from the center to the state to the local governing body Mm-hmm. uh there have to be accountability set as to how the water demand is being managed how the water is being distributed mm-hmm. right so uh, uh the the uh, related issue i would think is uh when we look at the communities on the ground um this is this is related to sdg 6 right mm-hmm. water and sanitation services but sdg 6 is also related to sdg 5 gender parity mm-hmm. okay. which is related to sdg 4 education inclusive education right and i'll give you a quick example uh uh 
we can probably, I think it is well known that uh, uh, the lack of access to water and sanitation facilities impact women uh, disproportionately, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of data on the ground that the women, the moment they hit puberty, 14, 15, without lack of access to sanitation and water, they have to get out of schools. Mm -hmm. They are the ones who have to travel long distances to get the water, right? Correct. Now, if those women are not therefore part of those water user committees on the ground, if they are not part of the policy building, uh, uh, then you're essentially taking out a very important voice. Uh, so so that is that inclusivity is also extremely important when we are looking at any kind of solutions to emerge uh, from the ground. Um, overall, I think it is important for us to understand that uh, uh, you have to invest in capacity building on the ground in an inclusive manner, but you also have to have public and private sector incentives or, or you know, uh, institutional building processes, uh, institutional governance mechanisms, and essentially come up with a solution which is holistic through multi-stakeholder engagement in a contextually relevant manner. And really interesting, you know, also what you mentioned, Professor Jaya, that, you know, problem globally here, but then solution has to be done locally. Correct. Let's yeah. move on to Dr. Hazim. Uh, how has UAE set benchmarks in integrated water resources management and how can other emerging economies, uh, you know, get Take some inspiration yeah. about this? Uh, this is very interesting, actually, because in uh, UEE here, they have taken lots of actions. And one of the last actions, uh, or one of the most important ones, that they, they have developed the Integrated Water Resources Management Plan. This is which was uh, launched by His Highness, you know, uh, Sheikh Hamdan bin Zayed Al Nahyan. Mm -hmm. And this plan was uh, was really uh, comprehensive. They've done some studies. They actually got all the pool of resources from all the experts all over the world, and they started to put this vision for for them. Mm -hmm. So the actually when they did it, they were thinking about you know the were passionate about the working towards a clear strategic uh, and automated black plans and they wanted to you know just to get the best out of this uh, uh, this plan uh, so the challenges here in in UAE was that there's no resources of water there's a mm -hmm. scarce of water you know right. the depletion of the groundwater levels as well it's it's a problem okay. so they needed to think about you know a ways to improve the water use one of the things which they uh, start to think about how they can uh, utilize the resources which they have water resources in a most sustainable way uh, this is by educating people uh, spending money on innovations reducing the water they use for agriculture as we all know agriculture usually uses a lot of water and this is the main uh, you know our most mm -hmm. most of our water goes into agriculture use so they started to invest in, you know, uh, uh, irrigation uh, uh, by uh, sprinkler and, and other sources, dripping irrigation, and the food security. Uh, one aspect which people maybe don't think about too much that without water, the economy is not going to go well. Mm. Wow. Investment in order. This is this was one of the interesting thing in this in their plan. They thought about water as something which can make a, a development for the country because they said that without this water we cannot really get investors investors they cannot come to invest in the industry if they don't have water to you know to this is a very different angle it is. i, I it mean is. none of us ever thought of this right exactly investment in and investment yes to attract investors investor has to make sure that they, you know they have enough water mm. for uh, for the industry they have enough mm. water for the people who are coming to live here 
for uh, making sure that the, there is some food security. And if you have noticed and during the uh, pandemic in the UAE, it was amazing that we didn't have any issues with food. Right, absolutely. right. You know, we did. Absolutely. We did. And they started, you know, in the, um, I think two years ago, they the, uh, announced that they are investing on the uh, uh, greenhouses for food, actually. Right. The, right. The, right. the vertical right. farming. Vertical farming. Exactly. Right. The vertical farming and so on. And this, this part of the plan that how to make the country safe uh, for water water scarcity from the water scarcity as well as for food security so we have food security water scarcity and water security wow. and this is this is amazing the the plan they have put here the vision they had is absolutely one of the best and this is what i can say that they they they, they can set a target for the other countries to follow Correct. so if they look at the integrated wastewater uh, the integrated wastewater management plan for you they can definitely learn a lot from right. it and uh, dr hassan when we're talking about goals of sustainable water management uh, you cannot let uh, you know leave the generation next aside so what is it uh, that uh, the generation next would need to uh, do to be in um, you know alignment with the the future as well where sustainable water management is concerned That's and how can academics help exactly this is a very good question actually what we are doing at the University of Wollongong, uh, mm. that we are trying to educate our students, you right. know, to be more sustainable. Mm -hmm. We give them, we have, you know, in the civil engineering department, we teach them, um, we give them a course in hydrology and hydraulics, and they understand what the water cycle and how they manage this, the water uh, in a most sustainable way. So sustainability is part of our, you know, uh, uh, system, education system and mm. courses. This is number one. Number two, we are doing some research with our students in how to manage water properly using the latest technology, mm -hmm. using the uh, environmental, you know, models so we can assess the options which we are using to manage our water. Are they environmentally sustainable or not? Right. And this is really important. People think usually about how much money we invest on this. It's not about money investment. Mm -hmm. It's about money is, is good. Yeah, we have to look at it. But in the same way, ha can we find another sustainable way to, to do it, which has less environmental impact on the environment? So, Because anything we do, any action we take to manage water, because of our man-made uh, mm -hmm. you know, structures and so right. on, it will have environmental impact. So we teach them about life cycle assessment, life cycle, uh, we actually teach them as well about life cycle costing and our MSc students doing projects in, in, in that sense. Uh, another thing which we do, we think about, you know, how can we manage water? You said that, you know, right. when I was coming, it was drizzling a little <laughs> bit and, <laughs> and the rain, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what we are doing at the moment, we're working in some projects, uh, you know, uh, that how can we w manage the water on the streets? And when areas, some areas, you know, it's common actually that sometimes you find water on the streets. Um, this is because maybe the galley boats are not cleaned, mm -hmm. where the water is collected and goes into the drainage. So we actually developed the system where we can give an al alarm to the local authorities, say municipalities, so they will know that this there is some issues in this area, and they have to look at the drainage systems and how 
to clean i mean to clean it so there is some nice. so yes. very so nice utilize that exactly. yes, nice. not let yeah. it go away absolutely. absolutely and this Beautiful. was one of the projects which our undergraduate students did last last year with uh, professor highly and myself and uh, they developed you know a, a, a prototype which mm-hmm. was amazing so when the water flooded you know the system just send a message to the authority or to the person via the sm uh, sms message which can actually warn as a warning system warning you know message which says that yes we have a problem here and we need to sort out this problem oh, amazing. amazing we're running out of time uh, yeah, dr hazib uh, quickly professor jaya if you could uh, you know point out you know the uh, what uwd is ensuring that graduates have greater awareness understanding responsibility towards achieving sdg priorities uh, related to water management as uh, as dr hazim mentioned um, it's a lot about changing attitudes once we have the awareness and the knowledge the young people are more willing to become uh, part of the change that is happening at the societal levels at the organizational level so uh, we are uh, very conscious that uh, everything that we teach is currently uh, you know aligned with sdg priorities as i shared earlier all the sdg priorities are related to each other they are not they, they cannot be looked at in a discrete fashion so uh, uh, more most recently i think a couple of years ago we had we were the only private institution that got uh, almost a 7 million grant to study food security mm-hmm. dr yunis and dr balan who are so currently there is a big research group that is already trying to understand the various uh, uh, issues related to food security we have research clusters which is specifically focused on sustainability so we are trying to embed um, uh, you know i think a lot of what gets what gets measured gets done mm-hmm. so we are trying to ensure that a lot of our research a lot of our teaching and learning content is aligned with sdg priorities so that uh, you know it is it is almost a natural process of learning for the students as to why we must move away from looking at business just as increasing shareholder value to managing stakeholder interests to creating uh, you know value to the society mm-hmm. so there is a lot of emphasis both with regard to re- research and teaching and learning as to what are the societal impact of all that you're learning Super. Okay, what an insightful conversation <laughs> this has turned out to yeah, be. Uh, we're running out of time, but you know we would love to have you again probably next week if it is possible. But yeah, Professor Jaya and Dr. Hazim, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you very for much. having us.